Hey everybody, I'm your host and life coach, Kim Gross, and this is the Masks Off Podcast. In this podcast, I'm helping parents and teachers of teenagers and young adults to explore and understand the masks we often wear because of people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies so that they can guide their children and students in removing the masks and honoring their true selves. Each week we dive into how to go from a people-pleasing and perfectionistic prison to freedom, empowerment, and showing up fully in the world. You will hear about my personal experiences and wisdom, as well as from my knowledgeable guests. If you're ready to remove your masks and to help your children and students to do the same, drop into this week's episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim Gross, and this week, drum roll, <laughs> my guest is Shalini. I just you just Joseph. told me Josen. Josen. <laughs> Josen. So Shalini, this has been a long time in the waiting because you were going to come on a long, long time ago, and then just things just never unfolded or manifested. And Shalini and I were friends and we were just having a conversation catching up a little while ago and we got off the phone and then I thought to myself, man, that was a freaking good conversation. <laughs> so I text her and said, do you want to do a podcast recording? So it took us two and a half years to finally do it, but here we are. <laughs> uh, at, this is fun. I am so excited that yes, you're here. Me too. So as always, I do start every episode with a quote. And today's quote is by Marianne Williamson. And it is, you must master a new way to think before you can master a new way to be. And I find that to be so true for myself. If I'm thinking in the shitter and have that negative thinking, thinking, I'm going to behave that way and believe that way. Byron Katie is so much on questioning your thoughts. Yeah. You know, she does that reverse um, in her work, like reverse the thought, right? Reverse the belief. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I think it makes so much sense. And it's just, there's some nuances to it. It's not just so simple as go change your thoughts either. Yes. We do know that certain things, trauma does stay in the body unresolved emotions remain in the body. So that also is a layer that is super, super important to remember in coaching or therapy or healing work. Right? Absolutely. And we yeah. are going to talk about just those things in the conversation very shortly, but before we do, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. Thanks, Kim. First of all, thanks. This is so fun. I'm so I glad know. we're doing this. Me too. I love that it's spontaneous. I am a certified conscious parenting coach through Dr. Shafali's program. I also went through the short study with Gabor Mate and the Compassionate Inquiry and Soul Care with Susie Lula. And I love them all. They all really work well together. Mm -hmm. And of course, the amazing tools that I received from Shafali's program. So I just combine them all together. I really help the parents that come to me. Most of them are parents. Most of them are mothers. There are a few fathers that I have worked with recently. So it's 
super cool to be working with dads as well. But most of them are parents, again, also work with some that are not parents. So they've come to me having a dysfunctional relationship with their own parent, and they're Mm -hmm. not a parent yet. And as a parent myself, I understand. So I have two kids. They're both teenagers now. I just sent one off to college three weeks ago. So that was a beautiful shift in me that I really got to watch myself and honor the growth and the work that I've done to be able to launch a bird, as they've been saying on the internet was so cool. We're bird launchers to launch somebody out into the world to really explore, find himself, all of those lovely things, still knowing he's so supported and loved. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, that I'm able to slowly, slowly untether from that relationship, right? Knowing that he is separate from me and he came through me, but I, he doesn't belong to me and he belongs to the world. I really help families and the person that's my client that they think it's the disconnection with their child, but really we work to restore the connection back to themselves and to kind of move through, understand, accept the internal conflict that they might be having within themselves which is causing the disharmony between the mother and child or father and child relationship. So what I really like to say is something that I've been just speaking on lately is the path to a mother-child harmony is resolving the internal conflict within the mother or the father, whoever's here with me in my sessions. So I really feel super passionate about that because that just sort of ties into the way that I was able to experience my child leaving the way I was able to communicate with him over the summer between different emotions that were showing up for me, making requests of him to spend time and connect with me, and also to have some bigger, more important, more mature, more young adult-like conversations with him. Hmm. So it really was a testament to consciousness and healing. And and you doing your work. You did your oh, work no. to be able to be there. Yeah, this is all my work. He just got to be himself. (laughs) (laughs) They don't change. We do the work and we shift. So I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that introduction. So we were talking earlier and as the listeners know, I'm always talking about the people pleaser (laughs) mask (laughs) and the perfection mask. Uh This is masks off. And those are the two that I tend to wear the most. Okay. And I was sharing with you earlier today, and I'm going to share now just as a way of giving some background information so that we can then continue to have the conversation in terms of what people can do as an antidote, as a way of healing, as a way of moving through integrating all Mm. of these parts of themselves, because you saw in real time where I was in resistance and in your words, battling two parts of myself. So I just had an experience last week because I just had a colonoscopy. So I'm repeating the story for the listeners, even though you know it. Had a colonoscopy, didn't feel well, wasn't doing well from the colonoscopy. A couple of days ago, wasn't feeling well at all. And we were celebrating my mother-in-law's birthday. The family was over and 
I tried for about an hour and a half to suck it up, <laughs> like suck it up, oh, suck it up, suck it yep. up. Right. And not be a burden, not draw away from my mother-in-law because it was her day. I didn't want to make myself be more important than others. So I just kept trying to just get through, get through. And when I say get through, I felt like I was going to pass out. I was dizzy. I was lightheaded. My heart was racing. I didn't know if I was having a cardiac event and I'm holding off, holding off. Finally, I'm like getting very nervous, starting to sweat. I call my husband over and I say, I think I need to call 911. And as I shared with you, you know, he was like, well, why, <laughs> you know, what, why do you need to call 911? So make a long story short, we did decide that I was going to go to urgent care rather than 911. And when we got to urgent care, we were in there once I was hooked up and set up and knew that I was not having a cardiac event in that moment. I was stable. We just had to wait. I was getting IV fluid. They were doing blood work and it was a waiting game. And my husband was on his phone and he was just like playing games on his phone. And he appeared to me to be very impatient. And I said to him two or three times, are you okay? Like I kept asking him if he was okay. You seem like you're upset. Are you upset with me for having to come here? And by the way, he said, no, I'm fine. He goes, no, I'm fine. Like not sarcastically or anything, but no, I'm fine. But his body language was telling me that he wasn't okay. And then really toward the end of the two and a half hours that we were there, he did exemplify his impatience by saying, when the fuck is the doctor going to get in here? So I knew at that point he was impatient. My point in bringing this up and sharing with you is that I'm the one who is not feeling well. I'm the one who's in the bed hooked up and I'm more concerned or worried about whether he's upset for having to be there. And so then moving the story along, we finally leave and then we're in the parking lot ready to go home. And I just said to him, can I make one more request? And he rolled his eyes like, what now? He just wanted to get home. I could tell he just wanted to get home. And I just said, can we stop and get ice cream? And he was kind of, he was fine about that. We did stop, but he made a comment as we were driving home that he shared that over the years that we've been together, that I have had to go to the hospital a lot, which I have. And each and every time it turned out to be quote unquote, like nothing, right. Other than the fact I do have an autoimmune disease. When he said that I got so upset and I took that as he was calling me a hypochondriac, like that I was just making such a mountain out of a molehill. Meanwhile, we, we have a little bit of an argument in the car. We come home, I go off, he goes off and I go and I process and I deconstruct. Now I do have some experience in doing this for myself. So that's a good thing that I was able to take myself through. And I was able to see a couple of things. One, I was definitely taking it personally when he was impatient because he's just like that. He does not have a lot of patience when it comes to sitting around and he would have done it if his own mother was in there. So it had nothing to do with me personally. And I realized when I did my processing that 
I also wasn't showing up for myself. I was self-abandoning, right? I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to even have anyone support me in that situation because I'm the one who, again, this is a mask and this is a pattern and it's a belief system. And it goes to the quote, what Marianne Williamson said, you must master a new way to think before you master a new way to be. Since I was a little girl, felt and believed and thought that I had to be the one who could show up for everyone else. I had to be the one who could be everything for everyone. If I want that to change, I have to think a new way. I have to be able to think in a way where I say, okay, Kim, you don't feel well. It's okay for people to be there for you and show up for you. It's okay. Your wants and your needs are also important. And that's an underlying um, issue or problem that the people pleaser has. So in all of this scenario that I'm describing, there's so many little parts of the people pleaser that are in there. And that's why we're sharing this and talking about it so we can kind of pull it apart. I'm going to pause there for a second and say that's exhibit one. <laughs> okay. That's exhibit, exhibit one. one. We're going to talk about this and break it down so that the listeners can, A, if they identify and see themselves in these situations, they can feel validated by they're not crazy and they're not alone, but we're going to give them some tools or some ideas on how to navigate that if they can identify with the situation. So that's exhibit one. Great. And then okay. exhibit two is, and this is really where your expertise comes in because this is the parenting part. So if I show up as a people pleaser with my children, then the question is, and we'll come to the question in a, in a few minutes is what negative impact is that going to have on them if I'm people pleasing with them? Okay. And so this scenario for exhibit two, uh -huh. do you want me to pause there for a minute? I was just thinking to pause. Yep. Go ahead. So there's a lot going on here and it was a tough story to share. So thank you so much. Yeah. And also like what you might've been going through when you were physically, I mean, who asks to call 911, right? Yeah. How must you feel if I were to just pause here and what did you feel to say, call 911 versus I don't feel so well. I would like to go to urgent care. What was going on in your body and yeah. mind, of course, right? To think that I need to have somebody here to take care of me in case something really badly happens right now. See, there's nobody here who can do that for me, but 911 can, <laughs> the paramedics can. So I just yes. want to really offer that to you because I think that's a very important part to recognize what you might've been experiencing, to go and say what you did. Yeah, okay? well, first of all, besides pure terror, it, it, pure exactly. terror exactly. that I was going to die. Right. And we did talk about that on the phone call too. Like that yep. probably is every human's ultimate, biggest, scariest fear, right? Yeah. Death. Pure terror led you to express yourself in that way. Yes. 
And we also talked about the fact that how long I held off. Yes. You said that. How long I held off before I finally said something because I didn't want to make it about me or put my needs first. Well, your thoughts were, this is my mother-in-law's birthday. Am I really that unwell? Right. Like, oh, I don't want to make it all about me. So those are the thoughts you were talking about, which oftentimes when you have people pleasing tendencies, you don't realize those are the thoughts that you're thinking. It's become part of who you are. And I would even go so far as like, oh God, look at that person who's always has the attention on her. Right. We judge that part. And so in a way you not wanting to take the attention. But what you might be doing is the internal part is judging that part of yourself that is like, we, we got to take care of us. It sounds in our head like self-doubt. Am I really that sick? And how sick really am I? And well, it was just a colonoscopy. Why can't I feel better, right? People do this all the time, right? These are all judgments. They're, they're <laughs> so judgments. <laughs> I kept saying that to myself, like, what is wrong with me? It was just the colonoscopy. Oh. Why am I feeling this way? And, oh, yeah. and we talked about the whole hypochondriac part, which, okay. you know, has been said, like, it seems like every time that I've taken you or every time you've had to go to the hospital or urgent care for something like this, it always turned out to be nothing. And he didn't call me a hypochondriac. I internalized it as that's what he was saying. And I called myself that. And so you're right. You saw all this judgment. But what I was hearing from you was because when we are recovering from this people pleasing, which is essentially what you said, putting our needs last, like you said it very clearly, here you are sick, here you are in the hospital bed. Here you are, IV, and you're like, oh God, is he upset? Oh my God, is he mad at me? I think he's mad at me. Oh God, now he's not even looking at me. These are all the thoughts that are part of the people pleasing that we don't even notice, right? And we're so concerned about the other and we are externally focused. And the work really, even before setting the boundary, even before that is to reverse it and bring it inside. And when you were sharing with me, even though I did miss the part that he didn't call you a hypochondriac, didn't matter because that's what you took away from the conversation, which led you to now having what I felt is what at least came to my attention were two parts. And I'm not an IFS person, but what I sort of saw when you were talking was two parts of you, you know, you're healing and working through this people pleasing part. And then this kind of, I'm not well, I'm very sensitive to my body. Maybe I'm a hypochondriac. Maybe I run to the doctor, but I do have an autoimmune disease. I'm actually have something going on in my body. Right. So I felt like there were these two parts that were actually battling each other. We're actually in conflict with each other. And one was like a bully to the other. Right. And since you were healing these tendencies to people, please, like that be- was seeming like, like a little bit of the bully to the poor little person inside of you. That's like, but I don't feel well. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. really just talking about this part of you that you had that was like, 
should I, shouldn't I, I'm not feeling well. I mean, you're, it's your body. And now you have yeah. this, the greatest fear we have is death. And you think, oh my God, am I having a cardiac event? Then I need yeah. to have somebody here that has freaking paddles that can bring me back alive because I'm not ready. And to just kind of wrap this little section up and tie it with a bow is that these are parts of us that developed from our childhood, right? From mm. not being seen, not being heard, not having our needs met, right? And there's fragments of us, right? And when we are judging them, they're going to remain parts. Mm. They're going to remain parts. And there's going to be oftentimes that we're going to be battling with one part and the other part. And I just offered to you, can you just hold when you're doing your internal process, right? If you can just see both of them and allow both of them some room because they're not going to hear you and allow you to love them if you're judging them, right? But when we get it and be like, wow, this was hard for us. The people pleasing part came out and, and I'm healing. Come on, I'm healing. Why am I not there yet? Right? We talked about that too. The perfectionism. The perfectionism. Like I should be there by now. Come on, how many years do I have to do this? Probably the rest of our life. Mm. But I just wanted to say judging them is going to keep them as parts. And really the intention is with love to integrate them, to invite them in, to say, you know, you can have a little room in my life, right? And even yeah. this part, we're going to call it a hypochondriac, but this part that feels sick and is sensitive to being sick and maybe actually fears cardiac arrest <laughs> can exist too. And that's what I was really more getting at is that when we can see that that's more of how integration from my perspective happens yeah. when we see the parts and allow the parts and love the parts and see what they're coming in to do. Right. But one was sort of bullying the other part. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I felt it for yeah. sure. As you said that. And I just had like, when you were saying that, I just had a freaking huge aha oh, moment, right? <laughs> and it's not something that's new to my awareness or consciousness. I just got it even deeper. So when you were talking about that, and, and I really feel like this has been coming up a lot for me. It's been percolating right below the surface because it's so ready for such a big, yeah. big healing. So when you were talking about how I'm still judging the parts within myself, that is a a hundred percent freaking true. Number one and number two. Well, okay. Let me just step back to that for a second. Yes. I totally do still judge myself internally. And until I can, as you said, love, incorporate, integrate, and allow space for all those parts. I'm not going to be able to have that connection and relationship with myself. And as long as I keep doing that with myself, I'm so freaking aware how I'm doing it with the people in my life, which is causing the disconnection between myself and the others in my life. And it's the very thing that I'm wanting and desiring is to have that deep, close connection with others. And yet there's separation because of the judgment that I have for them. And it's the judgment that I have for myself. 
Right. So I just heard when you said separation, it's really what's happening is inside of you. There's separate parts. Yes. Right. Because the wholeness is still developing. We know those holes have shrunk with all the work yes. that you've done. Right. Totally. When you start doing this work, there's some very obvious stuff. Yeah. Like you're hooked up to an IV and you're like, oh my God, is everybody okay? Does anybody need coffee? <laughs> That's like, a very should, obvious should one. I, oh my God. Are they hungry? I should go. <laughs> should I go to the kitchen? Where's the kitchen? Let me make them food. Right. Like being a little bit silly here, but again, you did catch that too. You like, you yes. knew that because, but that's the work of the person recovering from people pleasing tendencies. Right. Yeah. But I think in the, the part that I saw the little bit that I kind of caught on was the internal conflict. That's what was catching my attention because I don't really need to know that you're doing recovery work around people pleasing. I know that you're doing that. Yeah. And I, and I have seen where you have shifted. I have seen where you can set boundaries. I've seen where you can speak up for yourself, but here, the reason it became challenging is because of the internal conflict that maybe you weren't kind of catching in that moment. Right. A hundred percent. And I really want to cultivate that relationship within myself, the integration of the shadows, all the parts of myself. And I really do feel like until I'm more equipped at that, I'm going to still go into the judgment of others. When you do have more understanding and compassion for yourself, you won't actually have to choose compassion for another. It will just happen. It's like you have to go through the weeds and everything, but really at the end of the day, it's us learning how to value ourselves, say no, so that say no to maybe outside or another because we say yes to ourselves, right? We don't self-abandon. Mm -hmm. These are all like the techniques and the tools and the concepts and everything like that. But at the end of the day, this is really what I've learned with boundaries. It's going to start with setting boundaries that are a little bit easier, right? Yes. And maybe in a family party, when is your mother-in-law's birthday? And maybe that's not an easy place to stop a people-pleasing tendency. But the reason that was hard for you in that particular scenario, according to what you were telling me and what you just shared, was because of the parts inside of you were battling. That's yeah. why. Because they're still separate from you. They're not part of you. They're not fully integrated. They've gotten smaller and smaller, right? And then they just haven't integrated. And I think that's amazing because that just shows that you are at a deeper level, right? I want to just add on one caveat to what you said in terms yeah. of the growth and, and everything, the setting boundaries and all that. I just want to make it clear for listeners that the path to this healing recovery wholeness is not a straight oh, line. Yeah. It is very messy. And I think that is what you have been trying to say throughout this entire conversation is that it's messy. You might take one step forward. You might take two steps back and all of it is okay. Yeah. All of it's okay. Even if you're trying to go and set a boundary in a situation that was once easy because it was a low bearing fruit. And then one day you go and it's not as easy or you don't set the boundary or you don't speak up for yourself that's okay because it's not about perfection. Beautifully said. I would even 
make it very simple and be like, even what a gift it is that you don't, because really what you actually need to do, the truth is, is have compassion for that part of you that wasn't able to, because otherwise we judge that part. And so that part again, remains a part. Yeah. It doesn't feel it's, it's like, oh, I'm not welcome here. <laughs> I'm being pushed out again. Right. The word that keeps coming up for me is allow, you know, I love because it. when we're doing this healing work, we want to be further along. We're like, why did I do that again? There's still a little bit, I feel that's really around the word. Like, well, God, give me some space here too. Why are you just shutting me out? Why are you telling me to go away instead of like, oh, you know what? You're right. You know what? Come on in. Like that was a really tough one just right there. Even though I've set that boundary a hundred times, yeah. today was tough. My body wasn't feeling so great. You know, I just sent a kid off to college. That was not very easy for me. You know, I'm back to driving everywhere and I'm a chauffeur again and I'm exhausted. That's not so easy. But at the end of the day, when I started to go, oh, God, of course the codependency just came up. Of course it did. And you just have been feeling kind of low. You've been yeah. feeling a little uncared for. It's that unlovable part, that low self-worth part that comes up and is kind of lingering there. And then the people pleasing comes out and yeah. then the codependent part comes out and then all these other parts come out. I'm trying to make a point like the root is compassion to that low self-worth. I'm not important. My needs yeah. aren't important. Give the compassion there because when that doesn't have compassion and that part has judgment, that's when the people-pleasing tendency comes up. And I want to underline and I want to highlight what you just said, because what you said is the right. antidote, one yeah. of the antidotes to the perfectionist, because that's what you're talking about. When we are resisting or pushing away all these parts of ourselves that we don't want or that we're judging, that's what do we want? Freaking, we want to be perfect, right? Like I can't have any parts of myself that's less than that's the perfectionist. I share this all the time is that one of the antidotes is that grace, that compassion and allowing, as you keep saying for yeah. all of it, all of it. I'd even say welcome it in a way, because yeah. if that was like a little child that hadn't felt cared for in a little while, right? Hadn't been feeling unlovable. Mom and dad had been busy. If this little person was walking towards you like that, like what would you want to give that little girl or little boy? Oh my oh. God, you haven't felt love? Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I've been so big. I've been so busy fucking healing. <laughs> I'm so I, sorry. I ignored you. <laughs> I, but it's like, oh my God, I'm so oh, you're right. Come over and let me give you a hug. Right. Because like, that's why the mask comes on because yeah. that is not being met. And that that's, what's really at the core, at the root, that's, what's really happening. It does work for me. If I can imagine myself talking like that to my daughter and it can change the way that I think or feel toward myself. But there are times when I am like that with her as well. So it's like, it's okay. a generational pattern where I can kind of be like, Ange, just why are you doing the, see, as soon yeah. as we say the word, why yeah. we're in resistance to the, as is 
Why are you mm. just making that choice? Why are you doing this when you know better? You know that this will cause X, Y, and Z. Why are you doing it? Well, at the end of the day, I know if I sit down with a whole package of cookies or a whole bunch of ice cream, it's not going to end well for me. But still, <laughs> I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it. And do I, right? I still do it. So it's, again, it's not to beat myself up as a mom, because then we have to be careful because this is, I'm so glad we're having this conversation yeah. because it's so nuanced, right? It's oh. so nuanced and so deep. It's not just as simple as, oh, here's your pattern. Now stop yeah. doing it, right? Now go set some boundaries. Go set some boundaries. <laughs> stop being a people pleaser. Stop being this. That's uh -huh. all or nothing. And that's also perfectionism. So we're in the nitty gritty in this in-between area, trying to pull this apart for people to see how messy and human this is. And so that everyone can walk away from this episode saying, holy shit, I just really want to be gentle <laughs> on myself, right? Like yeah. Shalini and Kim just gave me the permission. Please, yes. Gave me the permission to be gentle and compassionate because this thing called life is freaking messy. Hey friends, I didn't mean to leave you hanging. We'll get back to the show in a moment. Are you wondering whether you're a people pleaser or a perfectionist? Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, Kim, of course I know I am one, but I'm not sure all the ways that these patterns show up. Well, you can take my people pleaser perfectionist quiz on my website at kimgrosscoaching.com and find out the answers. And if nothing else, the quiz is really fun to do. Now let's get back to business. I love that when we start on a healing journey, generally speaking, I think we're, we're kind of fed up with something, you know, we're kind of like, I've just had it. We probably cried a whole bunch. We've been angry a whole bunch. And then we come to like doing the work, wanting to just like, all right, 12 weeks, I'm done. <laughs> this is going to be over. And I think what really is catching my attention here is that is we have to experience our life, right? It's through experience that we're actually going to do the work, right? It's going to be applying it, fucking up. And I say that like with love. And that's where it is, where we go one step forward and you say, you know, we go two steps forward and one step back. I am not going back to zero, and Never. I'm not going back. You cannot, because just the fact that I, I saw that is something I may not have done six weeks ago or a year ago. Right. And I think that's super important. So it is messy. It is nuanced. I like to call it layers. It's mm. just like, as you get better with one layer, it's guaranteed that the next layer is going to be harder. What I really heard from you was when you have these parts of you, People pleaser and hypochondriac, what gets messy is what do I need? The most important part that you're trying to uncover is what do I need? Because now what's become unclear is the need. And so even like speaking up, well, that comes from a need because actually the need might be what it is. Maybe speaking up is not the answer. Maybe lying down might not, might've been the answer for you, right? When you get very clear with that, and that takes time and practice and it takes experience. I don't know how else to say it, but it just takes experiencing yeah. things. 
Like I notice I'm so harsh on myself. I'll lie down to take like a 20 minute nap. I do, I'll do that a couple of times a week and I'll set my timer on my phone. And the whole time I'm talking to myself, like, what is wrong with you? Don't I you know. Get up. Remember you have to write that email. That's what I think is a really big part of um, people pleasing. Yeah. Right. Is judging ourselves for having a need or a want, for example. Too. I know. Or want, wanting to be cared for, wanting to feel important. And also for the people, please, I'll say not only is it like just us being able to learn how to take care of ourselves, but being willing, here's another nuance, is the willingness to do two things, ask, yes. right? I couldn't even ask or yes. articulate what I wanted and what I needed in that situation. And two, be willing to be open to receiving it. Okay. I have such a hard time receiving I'm going to add two more things to that. Yep. One, be willing to receive it. And also know you may not get it. Yes. The people pleaser tendencies are not to speak up for a reason, a fear of maybe possibly being rejected. A hundred percent. So we don't speak up. Mm -hmm. what am I scared of? Maybe I'm scared of being they, rejected. They will, they will say no. And why is that a bad thing? See, and the reason why that's a bad thing is because then we take it so personally from when we were little kids that Correct. we, because we internalized and interpreted our needs not being met by our caregivers as children, that there was something wrong with us. Correct. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with us as children. Our caregivers just had whatever shit they had going on and couldn't, they were trying to take care of their own little inner children and couldn't take care of the real children in front of them. You know, all this, this is conscious. This is, parenting. All, this is all conscious parenting. It's, yes. At the end of the day, it's a problem because we have to adult up then. Yes. And that's going to be extremely hard for person with people pleasing or codependent tendencies. I just recently only this year, and I've been on this journey for like eight years now. So this only this year, have I been paying attention to some of my, um, the deeper wounding, which is again, that idea of rejection. And, and then you start going really deep there. Yeah. Eventually you're going to reach a point of if I speak up, because that's what I need to do. And what might be just holding you back is this deep, deep, maybe you don't even see it all the way buried down at the bottom is like, what if he or she says I can't, or that's not going to work for me? That's the fear. We have been chatting for a while and we could still keep going because it is so nuanced, right? There's yeah. so much to say on the topic. I want to just okay. add one thing because I, I know we want to talk about parenting. If you want to do a part two on the actual parenting part, yes, you can tie it in how you want at the end. Think about it with our children, right? Let's just keep it really simple for your listeners. I can't say no to my kid. I'm going to be there. I'm going to fix it. I know maybe I should stay home. I can should myself all day long, but I'm going to say yes. Why? Because if we say no and our kid gets pissed off at us or feels disappointed, which they have every right to feel that disappointment, right? Really at the end of the day, it could possibly feel like, and they could act in a certain way where they reject us, right? 
And a little part of us literally probably dies inside. When I have noticed in my own life, when I have not said no to my kids, when I know I should say no, like this, this is going to interrupt my day. It's going to throw me off schedule. I will act in ways that are so like kind of just yelling or short or passive aggressive with my kid. I'd be like, well, what just happened? And I really realized I crossed my own boundary. I said yes when I should have said no because I feared, oh, he won't like me. Oh, he'll be mad at me, right? And that's what, those are all little parts of feeling rejected. Somebody yeah. not liking you is like a rejection. Yeah, I so, love that you said that. And I think we definitely, for sake of time, can do yes. a part two on the parenting piece. Okay. We've covered so many yeah. big themes. We talked about judgment. We're talking about fear of rejection. There's so many things that we talked about. Just, parts, parts, the parts, the integration, just the more of the characteristics and traits of the people pleaser and the perfectionist and see how intertwined they are. So we covered so much ground and you have been amazing and brilliant. (laughs) And I so encourage anyone who's listening to reach out to Shalini. She'll share with you in a minute how to find her, (laughs) but it's been such a profound conversation And to just underline and highlight what we were saying about the antidote, whether it is judgment of yourself or others or fear of rejection, it is that grace, that compassion, the allowing of it to not be perfect, allow it to be messy, know that it's going to be messy and Even that allowing yourself to be compassionate and be graceful might be really hard. You might go back to being hard on yourself and being critical and then just coming back around. Can you then allow for that? Can you allow for that? It's just a deeper, deeper allowing over and over and over again. And then eventually you do start to move the dial or move the needle to ah, more spaciousness, more grace. Beautiful. More love. You know, I have more to say, but I'm going to. I know. It. I know. <laughs> I right. have something to add to that, but I'm going to zip it. That's that why I know we could keep, we could keep going. So it's a beautiful tie in together around. I was just feeling the word allowing. I just think yeah. we, we heal much more lovingly and we heal with like love allowing and I, I was also thinking of the word acceptance when you yeah. accept this part of you, yep. right? This people pleaser part, instead of keep shunning it away, which is what we want to do. If we just accept it, because really at the end of the day, when it starts to feel that accepted, maybe it allow to like kind of break apart a little bit, right? And then you can get to the next layer and then break it apart a little bit more and then get to the next layer. But nobody's going to do that if if it's like, you're a piece of shit. Why would like that part of you is going to be like, you know what? Screw you. No, you're not ready for me. (laughs) Exactly. This is a, this is a a very sensitive part of you. Right. Absolutely. I was listening. I love that. I, I love how you just circled it back to like, yeah, compassion and grace. And that's very difficult, but just start little by little with noticing your judgments and be like, Oh, all right. I just judged myself. Okay. It's okay. Like, Start simple. We're not going to hear yeah. we keep judging and are mean to ourselves. So Same. what you just said is a beautiful um, 
substitute or segue until you're ready to do self-love, self-acceptance, compassion is just saying the mantra. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's the same thing as saying allowing. It's like, it's okay. All right. I fucked up. It's okay. If you don't like the way you're acting, there's probably a part inside of you that doesn't feel so liked. So what would happen if you liked that part of yourself? You know, a little bit. So we're I know. So what would happen if you liked yourself a little bit more? All right. Let's leave it on that with that question. Yeah. And then finally, where can the listeners find you? <laughs> my website is shiftingwithshalini.com. Has a little bit about my story. I'm very active on Instagram. I'm doing lives often. Different things that are coming up are always there. So Instagram is also shifting with Shalini. And I'm pretty active on Facebook. I try to do both at the same time. So that's Shalini Joseph, and you can find me there. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being <laughs> such a fun, good sport to just do this last minute with me. I love it. And that's, I think what happens when it was last minute, we just like, we just, we deconstructed together here, you know, on your call. So thank you for Deconstructed the space. and a download. I feel like yes. it was a down, like, the universe moved through both of us. So, you know, I don't really know what downloads are, but that really resonates with me because that's why I kept going. I'm like, wait, one more thing. Like this is because you were getting through. downloads. I didn't know that's what a download is. <laughs> you just had a download, girlfriend. <laughs> Kim, it was so good to see you. Oh, uh, you too. Thank you. So, you're welcome. Thank you everybody for joining into another episode of masks off. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you liked, subscribed, or even left a review, I will see you next week on masks off. If you enjoyed this episode of masks off and you're ready to take the next step to overcoming people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, you can reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com and book a call. You can also join my free Facebook group for more inspiration and tips. The link is in the show notes. I would love it if you would subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget to share it with others. See you next Thursday on Masks Off with Kim Gross.